Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 8.52 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It's the 21st day of August, 2023. Woo! Holy shit, this year is going by fast. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Although I am looking forward to the fall. This is episode 777 of Bitcoin and 777. Not only is it a striper boost, it's also a palindrome. And we all love the palindromes for God only knows what reason. But hey, it is what it is. So let's start this one. I just want to give a shout out uh to uh, nosterbounties.com, nosterbounties.com, where you, yes, you and your friends can find bounties to fulfill. And one of them is a 500,000 Satoshi bounty for fixing Domus to mute conversation. Although Domus has mute conversation. Why is this important? Well, because of the hell threads. If you've ever been mentioned in a hell thread, you you know what what kind of hell that is. And for those of you who have never been mentioned in a hell thread, what is it? Well, it's somebody who decides to put about 70, you know, 100. I've seen I've seen some pretty massive hell threads, but like, you know, 50, 70 or 100 names like my name like at Nunya Business or whatever into some kind of note on Noster. And then once it gets released in the wild with the other 77 people, that's how many were mentioned in this very latest hell thread. Every time anybody mentions it, anytime anybody re notes it, anytime anybody likes it or zaps it, I get a notification. And if you can't mute the son of a bitch, then your notifications are essentially worthless. You don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, from anything else that you've done all day, because everybody of uh, the hundred people that are in the health thread are, uh, it's just bad. Okay. It makes your notifications worthless for the entirety of the time that the health thread is active. Right. But so th- there's this bounty to be able to mute it on Domus, but Domus does have the mute function. However, it doesn't work all that well. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I'll hit a mute, you know, mute conversation on Domus and it works fine until I close Domus down or reboot my phone or something like that. And I've got to re, you know, get, get Domus back. And all of a sudden the hell thread comes back and I go, well, shit, I thought I'd mute the conversation and I go and check. And sure enough, I get the option to unmute conversations. So Domus remembers that I muted the conversation, yet my notifications are still fried. So it's like this conversation comes back, like from the dead, like some kind of resurrected zombie Jesus or something like that, walking around, making your life miserable. 
what do you do then? Well, you unmute the conversation and then you mute it again. But that honestly, that, come on, it's just got to be able to work. You just got to be able to mute the conversation. And I get that Noster is new. Noster is rough around the edges. And that's one of the things that I love about it. So I'm not going to be like, you know, I'm not all over, you know, JB55 for not having a decent mute function. But maybe somebody will come up with one for Domus because of this 500,000 Satoshi bounty. And who's, who, I can't remember who did this. Oh, because it doesn't have their name on the bounty. But anyway, let's, I'll just read you the text of it. Is it kill Domus Hell threads? As a users, I want to be able to mute conversations and not see any reactions, repost, and or replies to that conversation. I'd like the option to apply this mute to either the original poster or to the note that I'm accessing the mute conversations feature from. This should apply to my notes, notes and replies, and notification feeds. I should have a list of muted conversations similar to my list of muted inpubs. This bounty expires at block 806,000. So there's an expiry on these on these uh, bounties, which is kind of cool. And then there's a button here to be able to apply to this bounty. And as a user, you can add sats. Like, at, like as somebody who's not part of the, the bounty, I'm not taking... I'm not applying for the bounty, but I can add my Satoshis to it if I think it's of importance, which I guess, and I'm not sure about this, but would send this particular bounty up into the rankings on NosterBounties.com. That's right, NosterBounties.com, where you can find all of your favorite bounties to apply to and get Satoshis from for successfully executing on. And a successful execution on being able to mute the hell threads forever would be great. And you know what another bounty would be great on is that it's not just for Domus. That somehow or another there's a mute conversation event that propagates through the entirety of the Nostra protocol. Because if I mute on Domus, guess where it's not muted? Muted, not on Primal. No, my, my Primal shit is jacked, bro. <laughs> Primal's not picking up the fact that I muted a conversation on Domus. You see how that works? This seems to be, now I'm not sure if this is entirely right. Maybe the mute is an event, but a lot of times, actually every single time, it doesn't propagate to different clients. So I don't know how that works, but for me to mute a conversation on one client and not have it active on any of the other clients that I use kind of sucks. So, uh, the, I mean, and a half a million Satoshi bounty ain't exactly chicken feed either. So if you guys want to help uh, your your Noster brethren out, you might want to apply to that particular thread the um, or that uh, particular bounty. I will have the URL to this bounty in the show notes. Now, it's time for the Tuttle Twins. Now, I don't ever remember hearing anything about this children's cartoon called Tuttle Twins. You're probably shaking your head going, dude, have you been living under a rock? No, I haven't been living under a rock, and even I haven't heard about this stuff. However, however, it does not look like there has been any activity on the generation of these particular cartoon episodes for six months, all right? So there seems to be season one and season two, and and that's it. What is it? Well, let's all, let me read you the about. <clears throat> excuse me, pardon me. 
This is on the uh, official YouTube Tuttle Twins channel. The description is the official channel of the Tuttle Twins show. Tween twins, a crazy grandma and a time traveling wheelchair. This is a show that teaches kids principles about freedom and government. Fasten your dentures. So there's a whole bunch of these episodes and they all touch on different ones. The one I'm going to show, I'm going, going to play you a clip from one of the episodes that mentions one of our favorite subjects ever. Long before we used paper money, people used things like seashells. That makes sense. They're so beautiful. And they make amazing swimsuits. Oh, my eyes. This brilliant Algonquin nation would make beads called wampum out of seashells. When Europeans arrived, the Algonquins often traded with them using the wampum as money. The wampum was an excellent choice for currency because it was hard. Good money is hard? We should use my gummy bears. They've been in my pockets for weeks. Oh, ow! Ah, no. When I say hard, I mean it's hard to get or create. The gummy bears aren't just a terrible idea because they're gross. Hey! But they're a terrible idea because they're way too easy to make. Well, what's stopping the Algonquin people from just making a million beads? Only a limited number of shells show up on the ocean floor each year. I got one! And each wampum bead was crafted by hand, which took a lot of time and skill. So when a Hanu trades his furs for beads, his hard work of hunting is being represented by something equally hard. Money that's hard to make keeps its value. That's great. The wampum sounds like a perfect form of money. The Europeans thought so, until things changed. When specialized tools arrived from Europe, making wampum quickly became easy. The Europeans also began to create fake wampum without seashells, using other materials like stone or glass. Suddenly, the beads a Hanu saved weren't worth much for trade with Europe. When money became easy to make, all its trade value washed away. Okay, so we need money that's hard to find. Uh, what about gold? A good idea. Gold is rare and hard to mine, but because gold was heavy and hard to carry, Governments started using paper money that represented gold stored in a big vault. Oh, like a coupon where you redeem $5 of paper money for $5 of gold. Exactly! The government couldn't print more money without mining more gold, and it worked great! People built wealth! Society thrived! Paper money makes so much sense! But then governments became greedy, and instead of making the same amount of paper money as gold, they just started printing new money out of thin air. Paper money makes no sense! People worked their whole lives saving paper money, only to lose everything to inflation when the government made creating money easy. That sounds like the wampum seashells all over again! <sighs> when money is easy to make, society begins to break. So, how do we make money that's easy to carry but hard to create? Well, one solution is Bitcoin. Alright, so this particular, you know, the, the particular uh, clip that I just played you had a pretty good description of what money is, what hard money is, and then, of course, we answer with, you know, the fact that real, uh, uh, the newest hard money that we can find was Bitcoin. So they mentioned it directly in this in this show. Um, I will have the YouTube channel for the Tuttle Twins, honestly, well, obviously in the in the show notes, so you can go see it for yourself. However, I do not know the exact episode because there's actually quite a few episodes. Uh, this was given to me through somebody from the Telegram group that I started for the Bitcoin and podcast. I appreciate that. Um, 
it's, I love being able to get stuff from other people that, because I can't know everything. So if you guys want to join the telegram group, that is also going to be in the show notes, join the telegram group. If you've got like stories or videos or like, I don't know, TikTok snippets or something that's going out out in the world that I don't know about that you should think that you think should be on the show. By all means, for the love of God, please, 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 please give it to me. Otherwise, we'll miss action like this from Braden Lindria, Coin Telegraph, bringing you on-chain tool to seize crypto in a purest nightmare, but a must, says the company CEO. And you'll you'll understand more about it here in a sec. The founder of Layer One blockchain named Jurat, J-U-R-A-T, has defended his protocol against potential haters, arguing that on-chain legal enforcement is a necessary trade-off for crypto mass adoption. Pausing to say, yes, I apologize. I am bringing you directly a story about a shitcoin. A full shit chain, in fact. Oh my God, oh my God, he's going to talk about crap, altcoins. Yes, I am. Because it's this kind of mentality that has to be, you have to just kill this thing in its sleep, right? You have to, I mean, literally, you have to, like, you, you need, everybody needs to destroy this type of mentality. Every time you see it, every time somebody even, if you think somebody else is even thinking it, you need to get on their ass about it. Because check this out, on August the 8th, a United States district court used Jurat's on-chain enforcement tool to lock several sanctioned individuals out of their crypto accounts. These individuals were sanctioned for money laundering and using ransomware to extort cryptocurrency payments to benefit North Korea's weapons program. Speaking to Cointelegraph, Mike Kanovitz. The founder and CEO of Jurat said the judicial order was the first of its kind. The Jurat blockchain was launched in late 2022, and it was formed via a fork of the Bitcoin blockchain. The technology connects blockchain nodes with court dockets to enforce court orders. Kanovitz admits that such technology will likely garner criticism from diehard supporters of decentralization. Quote, Some people are going to claim to be philosophical purists and hate on it. I get that. End quote. You'd have no idea how much you're going to get of that. However, the Illinois-based lawyer said such technology could bring the necessary due process protections for digital assets, which will be key to mainstream adoption. Quote, some of the people who currently think that there should not be effective law enforcement on chain would feel differently if they got hacked, defrauded, or lost their private keys. Then they would be relieved that they can recover their property, he explained. In the first half of 2023, $656 million in shitcoins were lost to scams, hacks, and rug pulls, according to a June 30th report by blockchain security firm Biosyn. Quote, It will not only tame the lawlessness that scares away would-be adopters and draws the ire of government officials. It can unlock incredible utility for commerce, he added. Until now, courts have had limited means to effectively freeze and seize crypto funds. A common tactic has been to order centralized crypto exchanges to freeze funds or turn over identifying information of the suspect. However, the on-chain enforcement tool works by connecting the Jurat blockchain 
and software nodes with the user's chosen court. This should this is starting to get dystopic really quickly. During a lawsuit, each party provides the court with a competing hash for what that side wants the court to do. When a ruling is made, the court simply pastes the hash of the winning side and the software nodes will execute the order autonomous, autonomously once it accesses the online court document. Canovitz said the tool currently only works in the United States and only on the JCT blockchain. That's the Jurat blockchain. However, he hopes to bring JCT's technology into other Ethereum virtual machine compatible blockchains in the future. It's awful. This is awful. It's interesting, but it is awful. There is nothing about this that is even remotely cool, right? I mean, not, I mean, it's like, like if I lost my car, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I could go to a court, I suppose, and say, yo, Yana, I was framed and I lost my car and I want my car back. Judge ain't going to be able to do that shit. So that part of that argument of, well, they'd feel differently about this tool if they lost their, lost their uh, private keys. What the hell is the judge going to do? the hell's the judge going to do unless you set it up where you're not the only person with those private keys. And if you do that, you deserve to lose all of your Bitcoin. Now, here's the other thing is the fact that this took the form of a fork of the actual Bitcoin blockchain. And the fact that it connects the blockchain nodes with court dockets to enforce court orders, think of an Oracle on a DLC, like a, what a discrete log contract where the oracle that decides the bet, who won the bet, is a court and not, I don't know, know, who won the Mavericks game, like the CNN sports official, you know, sports leaderboard or whatever, you know, whoever won, right? Or ESPN as the oracle for who won, you know, I don't know, the Indy 500, right? That's an oracle. You'd have like three of them. Like, so that one, who won you know, from ESPN versus who won from like two other ones. And if two of the three agree on the winner, then that the Oracle now says that the winner is this guy. And if you bet against that guy, you lost your Bitcoin, right? But it's that except with a court and the court has the ability to get their, you know, basically are, are telling you that you, you've lost this Bitcoin. It's that's all. That's what it feels like. Is that this is just a discrete law contract, except that in a discrete law contract, I have the option at the very start of doing all that, of making the bet. I have the choice. I don't have to engage in the bet on a DLC. I don't have to. This one, this one, it sounds very much like the entire chain is completely open and controllable by a third party. Obviously, you're not going to buy it because it's a shit chain, but it's the attitude, it's the idea, it's the philosophy that is being generated by this lawyer that spun up this shit chain that should scare the ever-living crap out of you. Why? Because this kind of sentiment exists in mass in the human population. You don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe it, but it is there. It's there. So. Beware of the people that are walking around that you think are just like regular humans. And then all of a sudden you're standing next to this idiot in the star in Starbucks ordering a coffee right next to a guy 
who literally believes that you are not the only one that should be in control of your property. And he's just another human, not a government official, just a lawyer, just a private citizen, just like you. And he believes in a philosophy that suggests you should not have control over your own property because the court is the, in his mind, is the, is the God of the land, the final say, the holy see. Please don't allow these people to have oxygen to breathe. Now, going to Sweden, Genesis Digital Assets expands Bitcoin mining capacity there. This is written by Nick Hoffman for Bitcoin Magazine. Genesis Digital Assets, one of the world's largest Bitcoin miners in terms of hash rate, has announced the inauguration of its new mining facility situated in the northern reaches of Sweden, according to a press release sent to Bitcoin Magazine. The data center's capacity is currently 8 megawatts, with plans for further expansion in the near future, and has been operational since June of 2023. The new facility is strategically located near the 417-megawatt Pajors hydroelectric power station known for its carbon-free electricity production. GDA claims to take advantage of this renewable energy source for its Bitcoin mining operations. GDA has collaborated with a local company to help oversee day-to-day operations of the new facility, and that facility, which was once a conventional data center, marks GDA's third venture in Sweden within a three-year span, including a greenhouse data center pilot introduced in 20. 20. So three of these things going up inside three years, pretty impressive considering that the last three years have been a holy hell for Bitcoin. It's like, I'm so tired of the bear market and I know all of you guys are too, but it's always good to see that somebody knows something that we don't. Nobody does this kind of crap. Sure, I guess a contract could have already been in place and they were forced to do it anyway and they would rather not because of the price. But I don't know. Somehow or another, I just don't get that sense. I just I just don't. I think things are moving along at breakneck pace. And the true diehards of this movement, we just don't care about the bear. Eliza, Eliza is on um, Noster. And you may not know who the hell I'm talking about. Looking at her Twitter, her old Twitter account, I think I saw something like hundreds of thousands of followers. I have no idea who this woman is, but she had, she said something on Nostra that made me respond to her because, and, and I'm not, not in a bad way. I completely sincere in my response to the following. She says, I think that Nostra will be good for Anons. I believe that in the future, it will be great for those who need to say something and not have it removed by those seeking to silence voices for various reasons. While it's smaller, it can be used as social media, but when it grows, I can't see it being a viable option for the masses. Each person is extremely complex with different needs. Nostra can fulfill some needs, but not many needs currently. Filling some needs is okay, especially when the need is to have the ability to speak freely. I'm speaking from a personal perspective here. Perhaps I'm wrong. I know that everyone is still building. I support your mission. And she gives a heart emoji. All right. So when I, I had to respond to this by basically telling her that there are a whole bunch of stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff in Noster. And when we look at Noster and we only see social media, we're doing Noster, all the builders on Noster, 
Fiat Joff and ourselves and each other a huge disservice because it's not a social media platform. Noster is a protocol. Specifically, it's a communications protocol. I have an entire piece here written about Noster by Trey Walsh from Bitcoin Magazine entitled Noster Ensures a Free Internet for the Future. Not a free social media platform for the future, a free internet. And I think that that's a good title because Noster is many things and can be almost everything to almost everyone. There will always be outliers. There will always be somebody that has a need that is not met by the Noster protocol. But honest to God, what this thing is becoming is going to service so many people. Sure, the infrastructure being a problem. I know, I hear you screaming. We had the same problem with the internet in the early days. We fixed it. And that was a that was protocol level fixes for the internet that we now use every single day. There was no way in 1994 that I would have been able to stream you my voice on something like Noster had an entirety of people not come together and fixed the underlying protocol issues of the internet in the late 80s, early 90s. So just saying. Now let's get into this one. A dangerous trend has emerged in the United States that is seeing terms like free speech, censorship-resistant, privacy, and more become co-opted by those on the political right, while tools enabling these principles are argued and fought against by those on the political left. Yeah, they both suck. The truth is that freedom, privacy, and censorship-resistant technologies are important for everyone, regardless of political leanings, And they should not be politicized, lest we head down the path towards a dystopian future with no privacy or free speech guarantees. And only centralized institutions controlled by people with the ability to censor, revoke, and remove important guarantees of freedom promoted in the spirit and language of the United States Constitution. Just as Bitcoin has falsely become politicized as a more right-wing libertarian technology explained away by others as having no value or as a tool for criminals and those who disregard the dangers of climate change, open and decentralized protocols like Noster could enter the same cycle and become politicized or fought against unless we share more reasons why it's important for all of humanity and not just a political position to take. The fate of our ability to freely and openly communicate and maintain guarantees of privacy and property may rest on citizens of the world understanding the importance of open, censorship-resistant protocols and private, end-to-end encrypted communication tools. The importance of Noster. Noster was first conceptualized by a pseudonymous Bitcoin coder Fiat Joff and Bitcoin tinkerer Ben Ark, as described on Noster.how, run by Jeff G. Quote, Noster stands for notes and other stuff transmitted by relays. Like HTTP or TCPIP, Noster is a protocol, an open standard upon which anyone can build. Noster itself is not an app or a service that you sign up for. Noster is designed for simplicity and enables censorship resistance and global decentralized publishing on the web, end quote. The way in which we see the Nostra protocol being used and popularized today is via clients, you know, like apps and websites. Like my personal favorite, Domus, 
or Primal, Snort, and dozens of others being built out by developers who are passionate about this protocol. Each user then adds relays. Many are defaulted on most clients today, which is the way that these messages get sent around in a decentralized way. And users can add free or even paid relays. By paying for relays in, in Bitcoin, which is the money medium of exchange used on Nostr, users can eliminate the amount of spam or bots accessing relays slash feeds and have a faster experience. Users can also set their global feeds based on relays and more. The beauty of this system is that most traditional social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, etc., they're completely centralized. A platform like Twitter, for instance, manages the content with its own servers or pays third parties to do so. One central relay in a way. So you can easily be censored or removed from using Twitter for criticizing Elon Musk, posting a political statement that is unfavorable to decision makers within the company, or a nation state asking Twitter to censor those types of messages, as was the recent case for a political election in Turkey. With Noster, if you are censored on one relay, you have endless amounts of other relays to write or post to. Your Noster account is not tied to one specific relay or client. When each user signs up on Noster, an NPUB, think username, is created as is an NSEC, think password, that can be used to sign up for any client. Imagine if you had your Twitter username and password, but you could only use that to sign into every other social media platform and, and it carried with it every post and connection you ever had on Twitter. Pretty cool, right? So practically, Noster is a cool and easy way to use social media across multiple clients, leaving you with ultimate control and preference. But ideologically, it is so much more. As I stated earlier, Noster is an open protocol on which anyone can post and build, leaving it to be censorship resistant and with you in control. As is the case with Bitcoin, if you can access the internet, you can access Noster. I know that many progressive friends of mine have been very frustrated with Twitter X Musk's apparent select, apparently selective control of who gets to practice free speech and who doesn't on the platform. Many other self-described free speech platforms have been created, such as Donald Trump's Truth Social, Rumble, and more. But these platforms offer free speech in name only. They are still companies run by people with centralized control. When I say that Nostra promotes free speech and that the user is in control, it isn't because Nostra is run by a self-described free speech maximalist or because Nostra has any specific political ideology. It's because the protocol is inherently open and free to be used by anyone and decentralized in a way where an infinite number of communities, ideologies, people, and movements can flourish and utilize the protocol however they wish, I believe. It is technology and an internet-enabled protocol as the cypherpunk movement intended, promoting freedom, censorship resistance, and the ability to be private and promote anonymity when, needy, when needed. The Noster community speaks. So, why is this important? For this question, I reached out to the community on Noster. Here's some of the responses I got from Derek Ross. Quote, Noster may not be personally important to me as a U.S. citizen, but it's important for millions, if not billions of people around the world that don't have free speech and suffer from oppressive regimes censoring their ability to communicate. Noster is important to them. 
Nostra embodies censorship-resistant technology, allowing users to continue to communicate with one another with minimal effort to avoid censorship. We have to think about the other 8 billion people that we share the planet with. End quote. Lynn Alden says, Nostra is important because in a world where half of the world's population lives under authoritarianism, the ability to transmit unrestricted speech is important. We might not all want to participate in online forums with unrestricted speech, but it's important that such an option exists. And with Noster, relays and client applications can tailor their experience to benefit from this open source aspect while also filtering it in ways that meet their own preferences. Over time, it would make sense for social media to follow in the way of email a raw and open source based layer, but then various applications built on top of it that can filter it in a way that makes sense for their needs. <coughs> Walker says you don't need to give away any personal information to start using Nostra so it's safe for activists to use, even in countries with heavy surveillance. Nostra prevents suppression of expression. It enables the return of an internet that is not dominated by algorithms meant to control, enrage, and engage you. Nostra is social media that is actually social. Carla says, as someone also on Twitter, Blue Sky, and Threads, I can honestly say Nostra is the only place I'm unapologetically myself. Anything goes. Stream of consciousness notes? You betcha. Dog pics? Obviously. Beautiful and ugly feet? Send them. Hot selfies or bucolic landscapes? Both sexy. Podcasts, articles, intelligent content, and that's there too. There are no rules or rulers, and while that certainly enables some undesirable content, oh, God knows there is, it's the price we pay for true censorship resistance. Thanks to client muting tools, you can curate your own experience even on an open protocol. It's early, it's exciting, and it's growing. Finishing up with Mars writing for the Nostra Report, she says, For me, Nostra is important because it redefines identity as we know it. It brings two very important things together real private property, and identity. Your keys cannot be taken away. Therefore, your identity is truly owned by you. Everything on Nostra that you put out is yours to share forever, and your voice can't ever be taken away. End quote. There are thousands more who utilize Nostra day in and day out with their own thoughts and specific use cases, but who share similar sentiments to the notable voices above. And in addition to the platform's open protocol, its community itself is something to marvel at. As of early 2023, there were around 333,000 users on Noster. That number of users, and particularly active users, is very, very small compared to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. But protocols like Noster are intended for the long haul. Every day, developers are building on Nostra via social media clients, news websites, marketplaces, music forums, virtual event platforms, you name it. We are still in the very early stages of Nostra and the world it has yet to build into. One thing that can be said of those building on Nostra already, the community of users are creating and implementing Nostra in ways not seen since the early internet. Folks may say it has a similar feel to the early days of Twitter, when Twitter looked to the community for where the platform would grow and what features would or would not be utilized, the use of hashtags, for instance, came from the community playing around with things. In addition to the openness of the protocol, Nostra developers are open and transparent, leaving notes on uh, sorry, leaving notes on Nostra for the community to interact with, and each client is in friendly competition with the other to build the latest and greatest features. 
There is an inherent open source ethos encouraging one not taking oneself too seriously and to build a better, more open and connected communication surface for the internet, which has veered far from its initial path via the likes of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Lastly, what Noster encourages is honest connection and communications, not coerced by central authorities, advertisers, or algorithms intended to fan the flames of hate and conflict. I'm not suggesting that Noster has all of the answers to our political divide, polarization, and echo chambers on social media, but any user will tell you that there is a stark difference between scrolling on Twitter and scrolling on Noster. Yale researchers analyzed over 12 million tweets and found that moral outrage gets heavily rewarded. Quote, This is the first evidence that some people learn to express more outrage over time because they are rewarded by the basic design of social media, the researcher said. Part of this is algorithmic, and part of this is where society has been trending for some time. It's a bit of a chicken and egg dilemma, but researchers and user experience suggest mainstream social media today, along with their positives, carry with them a dark undertone, leading many to experience more anxiety, depression, and despair. While Nostra will not inherently remove the reward vectors of seeing likes, gaining followers, etc., that for some reason can be an unhealthy addiction, the focus is on authentic connection and valuable content. From personal experience, I can say that using other social media such as Twitter is extremely overwhelming and creates negative emotions compared to using Nostra clients. This article only briefly outlines a few of the major selling points of Nostra. With its open protocol, users in control and psychologically different goals than mainstream social media today, everyone, including progressives, should be applauding efforts to build out the Nostra protocol that asks us to re-examine current social media and communication protocols on the internet and encourages us to engage in a thoughtful and open way where you, the user, are in control, not a corporation, not a self-entitled tech billionaire, not a nefarious government or unhinged political ruler, you. To politicize this in any way is to miss out on mainstream adoption of a more free social media and internet communication protocol. And how were these principles and freedom tech politicized in the first place on mainstream social media encouraged to divide us? For more information on Nostra, please check out the following resources. There's Nostra.how, Nostra.com, Nostra-resource.com, and the Nostra GitHub which is what github.com forward slash Noster hyphen protocol forward slash Noster. And then there's also an article from Max DeMarco entitled Social Media is Broken, Can We Fix It? All right, so that one was by Trey Walsh. And what did it not really do? It really didn't showcase anything other than the social media aspect of Noster. What I'm trying to get people to understand, people like... Eliza Blue, I think is is how you pronounce her name, the person that said, you know, kicked this whole thing off, that said that there's many different needs and Nostra can't meet them all. I think she's saying that because she's not seeing that Nostra is not just social media. That happened to be the first thing that Nostra was good for. Those are the first the first clones of Twitter and shit like that. That was that there was a reason that that happened. People were getting kicked off of social media left, right, and center, man. It didn't matter what your political ideology was. Somebody somewhere was pissed off at you 
and didn't want you on their platform, and they had final say as to whether or not you were going to be on their platform. So therefore, it made complete sense that the very first things that were built for Nostra Protocol were clients that emulated Twitter and all the other social media stuff. I don't blame anybody. There's nothing wrong with that. But I am saying, think of what would have happened with how you view Nostra if the very first things, like let's say nobody was getting kicked off social media. Trump was never kicked off. Uh, Nobody's yelling at each other, right? Nobody is like, you know, like auto reporting somebody for telling them to have fun staying poor, right? Like none of that was happening. Let's say none of that shit was happening. And and Nostra comes out and the first things that were built were clones of eBay and other marketplaces where you could buy and sell goods and services. What would we think of Nostra then? Instead of it being a social media answer, if it was a marketplace answer, because maybe it was eBay that was you know shutting your store down. Maybe it was Etsy that was taking your storefront and basically flushing it down the toilet because you had Trump for 2024 as a necklace in your store or something like that. What if that had been that, that execution of your ability to be on a platform stemmed from that instead of social media? What would Eliza Blue think of Nostra at that point? How we frame these things are important. The framing in which a certain thing that you just discover for the first time is important, whether you framed it that way or somehow or another it was framed for you that way. How do, what do I mean? People on Twitter going, if you want a social media experience that doesn't you know, have all this BS in it, then go to Nostra. That's a frame. So the framing of Noster to somebody who's never heard of it before is that Noster is social media. That's not what Noster is. It just happened to be the first thing we latched onto. And therefore, it started framing the narrative of what Noster is. And that's incorrect. Let's run the numbers. CNBC futures and commodities. I got West Texas Intermediate Earl. It's up 0.42% to $81.59. Brent North Sea up scant to $84.86. Natural gas up over two full points, back up to $2.60 per thousand. Gasoline is down a full 2.13 percentage points to $2.76. Good luck finding gas prices at that. Uh, gold is up 2.8% to 1919 and 30 cents. Silver is up 2.32%. Platinum is down a half. Copper is up a third. Palladium is down 1.75. Uh, pretty good mix in ag, mostly to the upside. Biggest winner today, what is it? It's going to be coffee, it looks like, up a half a point. Biggest loser today is going to be wheat, down one72 Looks like live cattle is up a half point. Lean hogs down one and a quarter. Feeder cattle is up three quarters of a point. Dow is down a half. And the S&P is up a tenth of a point. NASDAQ is up 0.86%. S&P mini following the Dow. It is down a half point. Real money chilling out at, oh, we're under 26000 again. $25,949.07 according to bitinfocharts.com. 
And uh, we have 0.25 BTC is the average transaction value. Median transaction value has fallen to seven United States pennies. Telling you, man, this is bullshit. Now, that's because of inscriptions and ordinals, in case you're wondering. That's what that's what that is. And there may not be a lot of people that know that. Just maybe you just know that ordinals and inscriptions are bad. Yeah, they suck. They also have a tendency to plummet the median average transaction value because they're just they're ridiculous. They're just ridiculous. Because they're paying a lot in fees, right? But the actual value of the transaction is like one Satoshi or two or three Satoshis or something like that. And that works out to, you know, seven, eight, nine United States pennies. But they paid like 50, 100, 150 bucks in fees to do it. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. In either event, hash rate. No, no. Uh, wait, hold on for a second. I forgot. Block time is low. Nine minutes and four seconds. Hash rate is up almost a full point to 413.7 exahashes per second. Miners will not quit. Shitcoin indicator today is Doge. 6.2. United States pennies, uh, $506 billion of market capitalization for Bitcoin. That is just over 4% of gold's market cap. And now we may only purchase 13.9 ounces of shiny metal rocks with our one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,463,824.32 of and 4,655.1 of those are in the Lightning Network valued at $121 million, being run over 16,263 nodes that we know about, sporting 68,188 payment channels that we can see, and 73.3% of all that is being run over Tor. Uh, Mempools across the world are looking a little bit lighter today. Uh, About 125 blocks carrying 344,000 unconfirmed transactions waiting to clear with transaction high-priority prices of... Dude, fix your muffler, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Nine Satoshis per V-byte for high-priority transactions. Low-priority tra- transactions going for eight. Everything under 4.85 Satoshis per V-byte are being ejected from mempools around the world. Hash rate for mempool.space is reflecting 443.9 exahashes per second. So 400, well, let's go with 420 exahashes per second everybody's favorite number and mine too because i was number two or three in the top 10 on fountain charts thanks to people like fatoshi who i haven't seen for a while Twenty-one thousand and twenty-one sats it's almost like a mega no nope 2112 would be the mega rush boost anyway he says had to change phone but i'm back Here's to the summer lull and the top five. Thanks, bro. I appreciate that. Crazy 69 with nine, 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 nines across the board. You rock. Thank you, bro. Letter 6173 with the striper boots. That's sevens across the board. Says boost for a based AF modern version of pirate radio. Thank you, dude. Pies with a thousand says, thank you, sir. No, thank you. Dubrovko with a thousand says, it is worth 1,000 sats to me. Please. Someone tell me what is really funny about this article. Oh God, you had to do that. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I'll, I'll go check it out. Hold on for a second. I just want to get that in. The origins of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. April O'Neil. And there's some breastages in the picture in the thing. I'm not going to read it. So, but maybe it has something to do with 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 boobies. I don't know. Dubrovko with another thousand says steal crypto. Post it for collateral and the market turns. 
Well, then boom, money gone, according to Novak. Hilarious that people are being sued for shilling and front running. Jen in Indy with a thousand says, digging these songs. I know, and I forgot to put one up today. Axelrod with 451 says, great coverage of market tanking. Evergrande black hole in world market. Elon whale farts. Degen leverage long squeezed out. Still eight months till having. A lot can happen between here and there. Yeah, no kidding, dude. Enjoy the unpolished music from Wave Lake. Feels like garage bands you just discovered before they sold out for a record deal. Yeah. Don't sell out your podcast to some sponsor. Keep it Zap supported. I need more Zaps to be able to do that. However, any sponsors that I do get, and I've already been turned down by two. Okay, so I'm I'm, I'm batting zero for sponsors here, so you may not have to worry about it. But... <coughs> The sponsors that I am reaching out to, I'm not reaching out to gambleyourmoneyaway.com. Okay. I'm not reaching out to YieldFi. Okay. That's never going to happen. I have I have a pretty good gut reaction to shit. And when I look at a vendor, I can go, you know, if I get a cringe feeling, I'm not even going to do it. Right. So like the old school vendors that are still around because they were competent enough to survive multiple bear markets. That's who I'm looking for because they've got the wherewithal to keep their shit straight. God's death with 370 says, as always, thank you for the great show, sir. Thank you. O2ZX with 100 says, boosting the music and the show. I appreciate that, pal. Pies finishing us out. 100 sats. Thank you, sir. No, thank you. And that's going to do it for the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. Sam Bankman fried once regular release from jail. He may blame lawyers in his defense. Oh, decrypt. Andre Bagansky has this one. If FTX founder Sam Bankman fried isn't allowed to leave jail five times a week, Preparing for his criminal fraud trial in October will be unreasonably burdensome, his er attorneys argued on Friday, a trial where he could throw FTX attorneys under the bus. Bankman Fried is currently confined to a detention center in Brooklyn, arriving in handcuffs weeks ago after his bail was revoked because of witness tampering concerns. It was a drastic shift from his parents' California home where he had been on house arrest. Bankman Fried has pled Pled, uh, pled, not, I can't do it. Try it again. Reset. Bankman Fried has pleaded not guilty to a litany of criminal charges, including fraud and money laundering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Restrictions on who can visit Bankman Fried and what he can access violate his Sixth Amendment rights to review the evidence being used against him, his attorneys claimed. The twice-a-week schedule set at the Metropolitan Detention Center is untenable, his lawyer said, noting that those limits conflict with assurances from federal prosecutors that his access would be very liberal. Quote, the current plan is entirely inadequate given the extraordinary voluminous discovery in this case, they said. Internet-enabled discovery review is the only viable way. Under Bankman Fried's current setup, his lawyer said he has no hope of reviewing 750,000 Slack messages recently produced in his case. On top of that, Bankman Fried's counsel has had to wait two or three hours for the FTX founder to be summoned on the two occasions they've gone to him wasting valuable time as a remedy. 
Bankman Fried's lawyers requested that their client have weekday access to a room at the Manhattan courthouse where his trial will take place, which would be set aside as a personal space for him to participate in preparing his legal defense. The accommodation is critical as Bankman Fried's high profile trial looms, his lawyers said. Bankman Fried should be able to access over four terabytes of data gathered as part of the trial's discovery process. The proposed setup would allow him to share materials via email and Google Drive, his attorney said. The request from Bankman Fried's lawyers came as federal prosecutors sought clarity with the filing of their own on Friday. After Bankman Fried's lawyers signaled on Thursday that they would be pursuing a so-called advice of counsel defense, they have since refused to provide any other details the prosecutor's office reports. By putting forth an advice of counsel defense, Bankman Fried would essentially argue that he did not intend to break the law because a lawyer had previously assured him his actions at the helm of FTX were okay per Bloomberg law. Doing so, however, effectively nullifies the attorney-client privacy privilege. According to federal prosecutors, Bankman Fried's counsel has not disclosed which lawyers he consulted with as it relates to the defense, nor indicate on what aspect of the case the defendant purportedly received legal advice. Government attorneys requested that the court order Bankman Fried's counsel to explain or expand on its advice of counsel defense by Wednesday, or if Bankman Fried's attorneys decide not to comply, federal prosecutors ask that the tactic be precluded at trial. So he wants to get out of jail and only go on the weekends or something like that. Who in their right mind has, I mean, really? Really? No, absolutely freaking not, dude. You go to jail, you go to jail. I mean, I have to say it. Who does he think he is? (laughs) Apparently he thinks he's freaking wealthy. I still think that he's not going to see the inside of a jail after this trial. I I think he's going to be found not guilty or something. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But the craziness that I've seen in the world for so many years, it just like, you know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they're like, you know what? He's just a kid. His parents love him and they're going to keep him home and take care of him. So we're just going to let him off the hook. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But this is, this is just insane that anybody would ask. And then the defense. My lawyer said it was okay, but then not tell the federal court what that means. What did he tell you was okay? Defrauding your customers? Commingling funds? Yeah, you know, secret loans to Alameda back and forth? Yeah, was is you know what aspect? And they're basically saying, well, we're not going to tell you that. He just his his lawyers at FTX said that all that that, that the shit he was doing was okay. I mean, if you're gonna be rich and do the rich man's defense by basically throwing money at everything you see, at least have some class about it. I mean, even the mafia had more class than this dude. I swear to God. Now on to Africa and specifically Kenya. Kenya forms parliamentary committee to investigate WorldCoin. <laughs> Kenya really doesn't like WorldCoin. Prussian jaw coin telegraph. Well, I don't like WorldCoin either, and neither should you. The WorldCoin cryptocurrency project has run into another roadblock. Good. This time in Kenya, where the government has formed a 15-member parliamentary committee to investigate the controversial asset. Controversial. The Kenyan government formed a 15-member committee headed by Narok West, member of parliament, Gabriel Tongoyo, 
to look into the controversial crypto project, reported a local daily. The Parliamentary Committee has 42 days to investigate the project and submit its reports to the, report to the House Committee. Cointelegraph reached out to the MP to get some insights into his concern and case against WorldCoin, but didn't get a response by publishing time. The parliamentary investigation into the crypto project comes nearly three weeks after Kenya suspended WorldCoin's operations after the project failed to comply with government orders to stop scanning users' irises. The Interior Cabinet Secretary, no way I can pronounce his name, who has played a key role in suspending WorldCoin operations, told the House Committee that the government is concerned by WorldCoin's activities registering citizens and collecting IRS data, all of which he claims pose serious security risks, and he's not wrong, apart from the Parliamentary Committee. The WorldCoin project has faced an all-out rejection from the various regulatory bodies in Kenya. The court also suspended WorldCoin's activities after a case filed by the Office of the Data Commissioner. The court ordered that the data already collected by WorldCoin between April of last year and August of 2023 must be preserved pending completion of the lawsuit. WorldCoin, a digital ID-focused crypto project that offers its native cryptocurrency WLD coin for scanning the irises of users, launched amid controversies and hype, The project onboarded nearly 2 million users, 2 million during its trial phase. However, as the project launched for the public in more than a dozen countries, various reports of the project's controversial tactics surfaced, prompting governments in Nigeria, the United Kingdom, Argentina, Germany, and Kenya to investigate the project. And I think France is on that list too, by the way, but that's, yeah, that's, Kenya's getting real serious about this, it looks like. So maybe, just maybe. I am 100% wrong and that the government of Kenya is doing all this not because they want to maintain control of their currency and have nothing to do, let, let WorldCoin have nothing to do with it, but because they really are concerned about their citizenry. I hope I'm right. I get the feeling that I'm not, but you know, it is what it is because we have assholes everywhere like the BNB chain exploiter, but you know, karma's a bitch. He got liquidated for $30 million on the Venus Protocol. Coindesk, Sharwa, Malwa tells us about the tale of woe. The infamous wallet that had borrowed over $150 million worth of stablecoins from lending and borrowing platform Venus Protocol was liquidated for over $30 million as BNB prices fell to $209 this morning. Okay, pausing. Let's talk about BNB a little bit. Was that Binance coin? There are a lot of loans taken out against Binance coin, and it's been determined apparently by more than a handful of analysts that suggest that any price of BNB under $212 United States dollars causes major ass liquidation problems because there's a lot of loans out against BNB. I'm not going to pretend that I understand the analytics, but $209 is a lot less than 212. And when I mean a lot less, I mean a lot less. Now, if I give you, said that I have, you know, was going to come to your house with 212 bucks and I bring you 209. Okay. whoop de do. You probably let me off for it. It's not that big of a deal, but when you've got hundreds of billions of dollars in loans and your underlying asset securing said loans dips like 10 cents, people start freaking out. And this guy 
got his ass liquidated. Over 6.89 million Venus BNB tokens worth $30 million were likely manually liquidated by the BNB chain developer team in line with a November 2022 governance vote. Liquidation refers to when an exchange forcefully closes a trader's leverage positions due to a partial or total loss of the trader's initial margin. This happens when a trader is unable to meet the margin requirements for a leverage position or fails to have sufficient funds to keep the trade open. Mm-hmm. Monday's liquidation follows a similar event from last week where $60 million worth of the exploiter's loan was liquidated across two transactions. Venus runs on the BNB chain network. It holds over $620 million worth of various tokens from which $480 million has been borrowed by users. One of these borrowers is a wallet connected to the notorious BNB chain exploiter. Last year, an attacker managed to steal over $100 million in BNB tokens by exploiting a bridge. The unknown attacker then deposited BNB tokens on the Venus lending protocol to borrow $150 million worth of stable coins. However, with BNB prices steadily falling in the past year, the massive loan has recently been close to being liquidated, a move that could send BNB prices quickly tumbling as the token is sold on the open market to save the loan. Such a collapse could be tumultuous for the multi-billion dollar decentralized finance ecosystem built on BNB chain, this is why Venus and BNB Chain are working together to prevent such a move. Quote, as market is very volatile, there is a potential risk that if liquidated, this large portion of BNB may cause more cascading liquidations, effect and unnecessarily damage due to market and cause more risk to Venus. Oh, well, I'm so sorry about that, dude. Anyway, quote, we will work with Binance and other BNB chain ecosystem players to take over the position in case it hits the liquidation line by repaying the debt in a joint effort. The stability and fund coverage of Venus will be put at a high priority, the proposal explained at the time. All right, so yes, it's a shit coin. I get it. I understand Voyager is a shit chain, yada, 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 yada. Why is it important? Because Binance is a big exchange. And if they're going to defend their 212 US dollar price target, then they're going to start selling shit because they don't want their friends getting blown BFT, what was it? BTFD'd. I'm trying to clean up the, the language here, guys. Um, but, but what do they have to sell? Well, most altcoins are relatively illiquid in comparison to something like Bitcoin, which Binance also has, and a lot of it, I might add. And we might be seeing these prices folding because people like Binance are selling their Bitcoin to prop up this bullshit BNB token, which we had called bullshit upon years ago. We didn't need it. There was already, you know, Tether and then USDC, as stable coins. It didn't need a Binance stable coin. Everybody wants to join in. That's why you've got Pi coin coming up from PayPal, their stable coin, which by the way, if you didn't listen to Friday or Thursday's show can in fact freeze, unfreeze and burn your tokens without you having shit to say about it. Right? Stay away from all that crap. But this may be an underlying reason why we're seeing the price of Bitcoin have such problems lately. And it would, if you had to sell all this Bitcoin to get liquid so that you could rebuy your BNB token to prop up its price. But you know what happens 
Terra Luna, that's all I got to say. If you did not look at what happened, like and not just what happened in, in the end to Terra Luna, the days leading up to the complete and utter collapse of Terra Luna, the, the price of that coin, you got to go look at the charts and see how they defended that thing. I feel that the same thing is happening now. Now, does that mean Binance folds completely? I don't know. I kind of don't think so. I honestly don't. I don't think Binance will go away. It'd be nice if they did, but they're not. They're probably not going to. But what does it cause? It causes sell pressure on Bitcoin because they're selling it to try to peg, you know, keep the peg on their BNB token so that all their friends don't lose all their money. They're just, they, that's why CZ doesn't care about Bitcoin because, and none of these people do because they keep putting the sell, they keep designing stuff that eventually when it fails, because it's a bad idea in the first place, their only option is to sell Bitcoin. They set themselves up to just to try or at least work on destroying the very thing that put them in the position that they're in, in the first place. Like I said, man, most humans suck, dude. And CZ is one of them. He really is. He's not a good person. He's just not. Let's see, what do we got here? Oh, we got this one. Uh, well, well, hold on, hold on. Uh, I want to make sure what I'm not going to do because we are getting over time. So I'm not going to do those. I'm not going to do that one. I'll do these and we will get out. Nodal Power secures $13 million seed round to drive renewable energy transformation at landfills. You know, where we throw all of our trash away. By the way, this is uh, Bitcoin Magazine. Nick Hoffman is writing, Nodal Power who mitigates methane at landfills by powering Bitcoin mining data centers, announced that the company has successfully raised $13 million in a seed funding round aimed at aggressively curbing methane emissions from landfills while harnessing their latent energy potential, according to a press release sent to Bitcoin magazine. A significant portion of the funds has already been deployed for the construction and operation of two power plants within the United States. The first site located in the southeast U.S., channels the electricity generated from landfill gas into the local utility grid. This site features data center, uh, enabling the efficient distribution of energy between the utility and the data center. That's a bad sentence. Sorry, guys. The second site, located in the mountain region west, boasts a pioneering off-grid mining data center for Bitcoin powered by landfill gas. Plans are in place to allocate additional funding and the development of a third site slated for early 2024. All three sites share the common goal of harnessing renewable energy or renewable electricity from the methane gas generated during the decomposition of organic waste in landfill. Quote, We've developed solutions specifically for smaller landfills that allow us to bring these overlooked resources to market, said Nodal Power CEO Brian Black. Our technology and energy first approach have the potential to make a significant impact on local energy markets. End quote. Nodal Power's initiative carries the potential to substantially reduce methane emissions originating from landfills. Methane, a potent greenhouse gas, is known to be 25 times more adept at trapping heat than carbon dioxide. The company's approach involves combusting methane gas within generators, a strategy that not only mitigates methane, but also cuts down on carbon emissions when compared to traditional flaring or venting practices. This process thereby transforms a previously wasted resource into a beneficial energy source. 
More details about Nodal Power and their initiatives can be found here. All right, there you go, and that's going to do it for the Morning Roundup. Dad says jokes. Bros don't let other bros walk around with an open fly. It's called the zip code. Did you cringe? That's why dad jokes exist. They're they're not to be laughed at. See, most people still don't get that. They're supposed to make you cringe. The harder you laugh at a good joke, is a barometer of how good that joke is. The more you cringe at a dad joke, ah, see, that's the way that the dad joke works. If you want to support the show, Podcasting 2.0 is the way to go. You can boost me there with Satoshis. You can stream Satoshis to me while you listen. There's all kinds of stuff that you can do with Podcasting 2.0. You can clip parts of the show if you like it and send it out. And, and if you get boosted on that, I don't get the Satoshis for that clip that you made. You get it even though you're leveraging the content that I created. But I'm leveraging content that other people created. See how this works? It's a cir- kind of a circular information economy. So it's okay. If you, want to cl- if you want to clip the show, please do it. You know, it actually helps the show to grow. And I need the show to grow. I mean, when you get, you know, you get to a point where you're like, well, do I need to continue doing this show? Do I have enough listeners? And I want more listeners so that I can answer that question definitively to myself. Yes, you have enough listeners, but I'm not going to be able to do it without you. That also means five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts because those always help. Again, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, even though I'm not, the, I'm not a huge fan of Apple as the company, but I'm also not an idiot. And I like, you know, not ask people to help me leverage a what ends up being a very effective promotional tool for any podcast, not just mine. So five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts really help. Whenever, you know, you, you see something like if you like the show, like this episode, then share the episode. You know, have a, you know, send it to other people, send it in your Telegram groups, you know, like put it on other forms of social media. Help me get new listeners because that way the burden of always boosting and streaming me Satoshi's is spread out across a greater many people. It's called the thousand true fans model, where if I had like 10,000 people, but only 1,000 of those people actually streamed me Satoshi's and boosted my show, I would probably be able to just make a full living on this show. But I'm nowhere close to that yet. Nowhere close, right? I may have 10,000 listeners, but I don't have a thousand true fans. So maybe I need 100,000 listeners to have a thousand true fans. If you can help me do that, I'd boost you back. Do that and I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.